Hello everyone and welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season two and episode eight. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse three, the Lord spoke to the prophet while he was in prison and he said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes. Sometimes his presence is not keenly evident, but I assure you he's there. All we need to do is look for him. I don't know if you noticed or not, but my devotions this week took me back to a lesson I learned in elementary school. They were three words that were said to keep you safe when crossing the street. They were stop, look, and listen. Essentially, they meant exercise caution, especially when crossing the street. Listen to make sure that no car or train was coming. While these words I learned had significant meaning to me as a child, they still do today, but in another tangible way. As it applies to faith, it's important that we slow down. and In fact, take a moment and stop. Stop rushing through things. Life can be so hectic. It can be so hectic that you take on so many tasks in a day. Multitasking has become a norm. However, there's a downside to doing too many things at once. One of the main things is the feeling of anxiety as you try to fit so many things into so few hours. You're probably saying to yourself, if I don't do it, it won't get done. But if you're frazzled and anxious, it affects other areas like your relationships with others and your overall performance. You become less efficient, decreasing your overall productivity and the one who is affected the most is you. You're worried all the time, channeling what you feel to others to ease your own anxiety. You have to ask yourself, what is all of my worrying doing to me? What is it costing me? My job, my family, my health, my relationships? And when you finish answering those questions, the next question ought to be, is it worth it? The writer in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse six said, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And then let us not forget the story of Mary and Martha in the book of Luke. Martha had her priorities, which obviously left her frustrated. So instead of stopping to assess what was really necessary, or in fact, you know, what really needed to get done, she decided that her concerns should also be the concerns of her sister Mary, and can't you believe it, also should be the concerns of Christ. She skipped over her sister and went straight to Jesus with her concern, and she wanted to involve him in her anxiety. Instead, Jesus said to her, Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part. Now, if Martha was really listening, she would have understood that the things she found distressing were in fact of her own doing. You may be experiencing a time right now where God is telling you to just stop. The other word that brought new meaning to me from my grade school years was look. Jesus addressed this in the book of Matthew chapter six. He said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What will you eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? 
And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can you see the pattern that is building here? It's important to seek God in everyday life. These may be, there may be things, or these may be things that you already know, but if you know them, then why aren't you applying them to your life? Don't beat yourself up. We all do it. Every now and then, it does not hurt to hear a reminder that we are not mere mortal beings. We are mind, body, and spirit, and we can get out of sorts when we don't take the time to connect with our primary source of power. Placing our attention on material things will only cause you to see what you do not have instead of what you do have. I hear Jesus saying, I know you have needs. I got you. Life isn't just about having an immediate need met. It's also about having needs met throughout eternity. If Martha had taken a moment and stepped back to see that she was the only one seemingly concerned about making a good impression, she might have changed the way she did things. Jesus cares about our souls. Some of you may be thinking that, all this sounds well and good, but when you don't have your basic needs met, how are you supposed to even consider this Jesus that I talk about? Well, I'm glad you posed that inquiry. First, let me say this. I have been that person, and I can tell you that he does keep his word, and every need he keeps in the bleakest of times, he's met them. And since he's no respecter of persons, I say with confidence, he can and will do the same thing for you. When Jesus says, look, he's not just saying with your physical eyes, but with your spiritual eyes. Look at what the creator of the universe has done and is able to do. Look around you and see the beauty he created. When you see the created order, when you truly experience it, you are having an encounter with Christ. He'll let you see things that you may not have seen before. You come to know him in new ways. He'll reveal some of the things you never could have imagined. It reminds me of the woman of Samaria in the book of John chapter 4. Here was a woman who simply came to draw water. As she looked, she saw Christ sitting there. Now, all she expected to do was go to the well alone, retrieve her water, and leave. However, as she looked, she saw that the, the well, she saw the well, but she also saw Christ in that brief encounter with him. She was offered living water such that it caused her to go into the city amazed at what this man she met unexpectedly at a well had told her about herself. Her response was, after she left that water jar, she said, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And then the people of the city came out and they made their way toward Jesus. If she had not been looking, she may have missed her encounter with Christ which takes me to my next point, which is listen. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked, how can I hear from God? Actually, it isn't as complicated as it may seem. 
let's first start with scripture, John chapter 10. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. I know that may not answer the question, so let's look at it another way. My father was tall with the voice of a lion, my earthly father. He literally roared, similar to the actor James Earl Jones. I grew up in a time where there were no cell phones and in a neighborhood where everyone pretty much knew everyone. If and when we would go out to play, or if our parents, specifically in this case my father, could not find us, you would hear him yelling your name. Now, he wasn't the only one who retrieved their children in that manner, but one thing was certain. Each child knew when it was their parent calling them. They knew it because of the time they'd spent with him or them. There was no way my siblings and I would or could ignore when my father called. His voice had authority. Jesus is authority, and for those who follow him, they hear him. It may take some time to develop an ear for him, but you also must want to hear. Think of the times when your parents called you and you ignored them because you just didn't want to be bothered. Maybe ask yourself this question. Why would Jesus want to talk to me? Could it be because he really does love you? Maybe you don't hear him because you haven't taken the time to stop, to look, and to listen, to tune in to what he has to say. Moses heard God in a burning bush. He stopped what he was doing, looked at this burning bush, and then listened to God give him the direction for his life. Samuel was lying down and heard a voice that he thought was Eli. But it was after the third time that Samuel came to Eli that Eli realized that it was God calling to Samuel. The word said that Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. But Eli directed Samuel to go and lie down and that if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You may need someone more seasoned in faith like an Eli who's trustworthy with a heart for God to guide you. Samuel listened for the voice of God, but it is the word of God that is the ultimate guide. An angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon with instruction to go and save Israel from the Midianites. Gideon had lots of questions. Even though Gideon questioned the angel of the Lord to show that it was him, he still fleeced God to obtain certainty. He had to be sure. Gideon had to stop threshing wheat to hear from God. In other words, he had to stop what he was doing. He looked to see if it was really God, hence the fleece he offered or asked God to demonstrate through wet fleece or dry fleece. And it was confirmed that he truly had heard from the Lord. From these three, you can see that God doesn't or may not speak to all of us in the same way, but he does speak to us, revealing his plans for us, the plans he has for us and the direction he has for our life. Whoever thought that those three simple words I learned in grade school would have so much meaning? Stop being so hurried. Look around and see the beauty that God has on full display and listen to his word and use it as a guide to guide you, guide you through the rest of your life, the direction he has for your life and the purpose he has for your life. Until next time, God bless you and be sure to see the sunrise to see Christ in your everyday situations.